Spotted Cow's New Glarus beer. It's a lager. It's oh, it's really really light. It's delicious. It's like I, more it's like more in Wisconsin than Miller. I was picturing something that you need on Fear Factor. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Opera. I'm Rich Stoner. And I'm Hallie O'Brien. And this is the show where we sit down and stir it up with Opera Ski's booziest business owners, brewers, distillers, and just good old fun people. Mm-hmm. So we're having some beer on today's episode. We've got a great guest, and you've been a little bit mysterious mm. with the beer that we have. Very mysterious. So I'm very excited very to jump into I went, this. I jumped through hoops to get this one. Did you? Oh, Pulling some strings. Absolutely. Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Blue Man Group. I don't know. Is that, is that, did they jump through hoops? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, an old friend. Uh-huh. But also the new GM, new-ish. New-ish. Within, within the last year or so, new GM at Wisconsin's tallest peak. Is that a hint for the beer? Oh, maybe. <gasps> maybe. Granite Peak. Oh, yeah. And they are in Wausau, Wisconsin? Like, like awesome, but Wausau. Wausau. Awesome Wausau. Yep. And, and it's nothing less than awesome. That's right. All right. Tune in. Here we go. You know, we were we were texting yesterday, you and I, and, you know, I was like, well, what kind of Midwest beer mm-hmm. can I pick up for the show? Because Hallie and I, you know, we need to have a beer in our hand as we do this. Otherwise, we feel off balance. You've been telling me that this is a surprise. You've been teasing me with it this is, surprise beer. It is a, a bit of a surprise. Uh Greg doesn't know this either, but I was doing I was doing my research. I had something in mind, right? You would give me some ideas, Greg, and I like yep. I I really, you know, couldn't find them. So I was I was doing a little research. I came to find out that from nineteen thirty seven to nineteen forty seven, the great American brewer, Fred Pabst, operated the resort. Oh my goodness. So I thought I thought what better Yes. Then, yes, Paps Blue Ribbon, Tall Boys, no less, Tall Boys to drink on the show. <laughs> now, I don't know if you can make that happen on your end, but it's only what eleven uh, in the morning by you right now. Yeah, it's it's it is afternoon. Then it's time. Uh, All right. Yeah, I can definitely crack one. All right, so, perfect. I gotta go. I gotta go find one from my bar here in a second. So. <laughs> All right, All right. We'll, we'll play some elevator music right yeah. here. We're just waiting on Greg. Yeah, that's the All right, that's the Greg good. is going to get a PBR uh, music. Uh, it's a huge chalet here, so hold on, let me get back here. Yeah, we got to talk about that uh, chalet thing. That's a Midwest thing, I think, right? It, it totally is, uh, and it totally yeah. I got here, and it was like. All right, so I hear you guys cracking. Uh, yeah, we've we've waited long enough. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Oh, the smell just. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Right. We're not we're not pouring this in a glass. You drink this from the can. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. I, I heard mine. it. I heard You're it. Oh, classic. I love it. I love oh, it. it's delicious. Established <laughs> in Milwaukee in 1844. Yeah. We're drinking history right now. We are. And yeah, I was like, I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I was actually considering bringing hams, you know, another another classic garage Midwest beer, but hmm. um, which we've talked about on the show. I, Howie have. still has yet to try it. I'm, I don't. I don't want her to think less of me, so I haven't brought her a thirty pack yet. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so I just got back from the Midwest Skiers Association event, and the opening speaker, his name was Matt Zimbrowski. Great, great guy. He runs what's called MidwestSkiers.com, which is totally. basically. 
yeah, you know, and Hallie, he actually talked about this, the Snow Report show and, you know, how, you know, basically he's doing what you kind of do on a national level, kind of more or less here for the Midwest. And he calls it the Rope Toe Report. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> he does a great job. I've seen it. Yeah, yes. he does. He, he does a really good job. And um, he cracked the hams at uh, 9.15 Sounds in the morning. Sounds painful. Yeah, 9.15 in the morning to give the kind of the the Midwest ski association, like he did a video and stuff. It was, it was good. He drinks hams all the time. Yeah. I feel like if you, if you're going to drink a beer at nine fifteen in the morning, hams should. should <laughs> yeah. yeah. It works out well. It works out. They well. did. They did actually a, a ski themed advertisement years and years and years ago. We may have to pull that up at some point for the, for the YouTube, but that's, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, there it's a, clearly it's a ski beer. Yeah, so I mean, yes. you did some great research. You picked an amazing beer, very topical, <laughs> very themed, very historical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, Greg and I go way back. Yeah. Back to the Mount Snow days, back to sleepless, endless event nice weeks, do tours, and, and yeah, yeah, overnight park <laughs> builds and New York, New York City, City trips. Yep. Freezing. Exactly. Bust off on the East River for a big Red Bull event that uh, mm-hmm. was snow scrapers. Less than- Yes, no scrapers. So good times. That way, you know, Uh the listeners on the show know that my roots run deep with Mount Snow. And uh, yeah, so that's where Greg and I first crossed paths. And uh, and since then, we've stayed forever friends. Hi to Mary, Mm -hmm. by the way, and the kiddos. No, thank you. The kiddos are running around our chalet right now. I love it. Oh, is that the the famous Ronan from the Ronan Report? The Ronan Report? Uh, Yep. Yeah, he's uh, currently helping his little brother, Logan, who will be a sideline reporter this year. So you've been involved in the ski industry for quite some time now. I mean, obviously our, our roots run deep, but how yep. did you get into it? Like, I don't know if I ever got this full story, you know, from tip to tails. Yeah, so I I went to school at UMass Amherst, so Western Massachusetts, and didn't grow up skiing. Grew up on Long Island, go back, and, uh, and then went to school and studied sport management at, and had a, a good... A good four years at UMass, but my junior year was the year the X Games came to Mount Snow. And UMass Sport Management Program, the seniors had a class in which that they could assist in grassroots marketing for X Games. And because I was a junior, I couldn't get into that class. But I was also going to study abroad that spring semester. So I had this really long like long spring or winter break like it was like two months so I went to the professor who taught the class and asked him to uh, if I could get a job and he lined me up with the production coordinator ended up working in on that x games and then the following year was also at Mount Snow and started to meet people at Mount Snow got involved on the events level uh, a year the a couple months after I graduated and just kept working my way up the food chain through the marketing department and uh, did some snow reporting a couple times, Hallie. You know, I did just about everything in that marketing department with the exception of like the PR side. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then got to the marketing and, and events director. I was there for three years doing that gig. And that's when Peak Resorts asked me to go out and run uh, Mad River in Ohio for a little bit. Right. So I did that. Uh, that's how you and ended up in the Midwest. That's how I got to the Midwest the first time. The first time. time. The first time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim and Jesse Boyd were pretty smart and um, knew that uh, Mary, my wife, uh, of the 12 years now, went to Ohio State, grew up at Columbus and grew up skiing at Mad River Mountain. So how do you pass up running the ski resort that your wife 
grew up skiing at. So you don't. So we went back out there. <laughs> that is a power move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said yeah, chivalry's no. dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ran, went from nice big old, you know, 580 acres of, of Mount Snow in Vermont and to uh, 120 acres and 300 feet of vertical in Ohio. Loved every every year of it. I, I have to say I love running Mad River. It's a great ski hill outside of Columbus. Obviously, Ohio State was right there, so 45,000 students. And we ran college nights there on Friday nights. The place was open until 3 o'clock in the morning. It was insane. It was fun, super fun. And, uh, yeah, so that's when I got my feet running a ski resort, and I loved it. And uh, But Peak brought me back to run marketing for five years. I so oversaw all their 17 ski resorts. And then Vale came along, and at that point, I wanted to jump back into the director's chair kind of thing and looked around, interviewed at a number of places from across the west and east, and Granite was uh, really came along, and this place is is a gem here in the Midwest. It's an, it's just astounding. It has three high-speed detachable chairlifts. One's a six-pack. It's the only one in the state of Wisconsin. We move people quickly. We move people <laughs> very fast. And, you know, I when I moved to the Midwest in Ohio, the term hot laps was something that I had never heard of skiing-wise on the East. But it, it's a real thing out here in the Midwest. You can ski just as much vertical as you can out west or out east on these 700-foot vertical ski ski hills. Um, and people do it all the time. Love it. And it's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty wild. I mean, I, I guess with, with 700 vertical and, and having the people, you know, getting down rather quickly, the, the idea of, I mean, that's a, that's a really smart idea that the idea of having these high speed lifts, three of them, one being a six pack, you know, to get them up that quickly. I mean, it's got to make for, you know, make for a smooth transition, I would think. Right. Yeah. You know, so we have one, the six packs right in the middle of the hill. And then our two, two other quads are on the very edges of the ski resort. So you really move around quite a bit and very easily here. And, you know, on the east side of the mountain is our, our terrain parks, which, you know, we have a, a large and uh, medium sized one. And then we have a smaller, like kids grommet sized one. I saw, I saw Ronan break one of them down on the, uh, on the, on, on a Ronan report. Mm-hmm. A little, yeah, Ronan report. So, so yeah, we have nice progressive parks and they're all on the East coast. So the, the park kids have like their own, their own lift. And you know, that's kind of a, a nod to Corinthia in my time at Mount Snow. Sure. I mean, I realized that yeah. how important that is to kind of, you know, you want people to move around, but you also want the crowds to have their own individual lifts. And right. here, our, our our six pack is really our family friendly lift, and it it does get to the most of the blue terrain that we have here, and and most of the terrain that most of your families are are on. And then and then on the east side, on Cupid, is where most of our park our park kids are are uh, lapping. So nice. it works out really nice. Yeah, and then the west side is is a completely other lift. That it's called Dasher. So, so it sounds like you've you've settled in quite nicely. I mean, as far as what was it like going from you know the East Coast? Obviously, you're you're a New York guy. You know, that's yeah. that's where you were born and raised. Again, you said go Mets. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but you know, I'm kind of agnostic about baseball at the moment. Well, they better start going. <laughs> I feel like that's the they're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> Every they single are season. going in the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm actually reading a book about how the Mets are the best team at losing. It's really really 
a good book well written by this guy Devin Gordon about how the Mets are just really good at just making us Mets fans just at the end of every season or every every season say why do we do this to ourselves well I mean Um, that's probably an interesting character trait because you need to have a pretty resilient you know fan in the core of yourself you know what I mean if you're going to be out in the Midwest to to weather those winters you know, they're not, they're not going to be, you know, all sunshine and rainbows and bluebird days. You know, you're going to have to be a right. little bit, <laughs> a little gritty. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you do have to be a little gritty and they're, and they're cold winters. It is definitely uh, chilly out here. You know, you look at where Granite Peak sits in terms of you guys are East coasters, you know, I mean, you, Hallie, you've been on the West and, and, and Rich, I know you've traveled out West, but like in terms of latitude, you know, we're up on the levels of like Montreal where we're located. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, you know, we're, we're high up there. We don't have the elevation, you know, that's that the greens and the whites do, but uh, we have the cold, which <laughs> makes, <laughs> you know, snowmaking is our, is our powerhouse here. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you can make some nice snow, crazy uh, outputs. Great. We, we got yeah. a little sidetrack there. Back to your original story of, sure. of, you know, your backstory, if, which is, is kind of interesting. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know that it's a traditional route, but if you, you know, were, if you were to give our audience some tips on like how they could break into the ski industry, what would they be? Yeah, I mean, for me, it definitely wasn't traditional. I think a lot of folks that are in the ski industry have come from just the love of skiing. And for me, it wasn't, you know, I, I kind of, I went for the, the job out of college <laughs> and that was the paycheck. So, you know, I think for me, I, it was, it was working hard. You know, I got in, I got in basically putting fence in the ground for the X games. And I think if you spend the time to just do your, do your time and just continue to do it well, it's, it's something that's, that will, you know, reap dividends in the end. You know, there's a lot of entry level positions in ski resorts, you know, and it goes from, food and beverage to lifts to, you know, ticket checking or ticket selling tickets. And if you're interested in, in operations or understanding how a resort works, just become a lift operator, you know, and get to know the key people that, that spend the time turning the wrenches to fix the lifts. And, you know, once you start to know those folks and you can just, you know, start to learn on the job really of an interest. I mean, this industry needs a lot of really young folks to, to get into those types of trades. And I think you don't have to have a college education to, to be a, a lift mechanic or a groomer or, or a well-trained operator of a ski resort. Mm-hmm. You need to know how things move and, and structure and organization. You like know? Boots on the ground and just I, I, you know, being there and learning it and seeing it firsthand, right? Yes, exactly. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I feel like I've always surrounded myself with with really good people. And it's it's it pays dividends. You know, I feel like I'm a quarterback and a quarterback needs a good team. And, you know, I've been lucky in my tenure to work on some really good teams. Mount Snow kind of being that first initial team. And you look at kind of some of the core people that were at Mount Snow and you look around the industry and there's a lot of, of people that we all worked together at Mount Snow for some time. Brian Heon, the GM over at Sunday river, Kelly Pollack, who was kind of our quarterback at the time is now the right. the quarterback of the NSAA. You know, Hallie, you've been 
in and around the industry for some time since since we were like in our 20s so you know so it's it's really cool to kind of feel like you came from a really like a i don't know a good draft i guess you can say like if you're talking about football you know um, love all these football analogies me too <laughs> I feel like I'm watching all American right now. But yeah, no, I think, you know, just work hard and just get to know people in the industry. And um, it's, it's, it's a good way to kind of get in. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good tip. I, I know Gary Vaynerchuk always says, like, if you put out enough good shit, somebody's going to find you. It's kind of it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, you know, if you, you keep doing really, really good and make the right relationships and somebody's going to see you and, and uh, you know, get your kind of, you know, get your break. It is. Networking, relationships um, really are, are key. It's a, it's a big industry, but very, you know, so many people across every you so know, true. every region, you know, it's, it's, it is, it is so true. I mean, and, and so you don't, you don't want to burn bridges either. You don't want to, right. Cause who knows, you know, down the line, you might want to work there. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I mean, speaking of making relationships and, and connections and stuff, I mean, I feel like the, the, the Midwest skier snowboarder as a whole, like that culture, they're just so passionate and like, they are all about the Midwest. They're about being at the mountains as a family together alone. Like, how how do you feel yourself fitting in? Like, and what is your impression of of you know the Midwest ski culture as a whole, and then Granite Peak specifically? Yeah, Midwestern culture is just super friendly, and I think that people out here just really enjoy having a lot of fun. It's great. It is you know these these hills. They're they're not big, but people are passionate about them, and it it really shows in generations, you know, and of people who have been at Granite Peak and, and, you know, my friend Tim was, was here. He's helps out with our, our race program. And, you know, he's been skiing here since, since he was a boy. And now he's got two kids that are in this, in the race program and their boys are friends with our boys and we hang out all the time. And especially here at Granite, it's a, it's a really great area. Wausau, has a beautiful lake and river. The Wisconsin River runs right through it. So you've got a lot of the outdoor recreation and activities that families love. And the ski resort is a big part of it. And we do have a lot of locals who have um, been skiing here for a long time. This resort is one of the oldest ones in the country. It's, yeah, Cranmore is in, in Idaho. And yeah, and Stowe, those go back to like 1930. 536 this is this was open in 1937 so it was originally a part of the uh civic conservation corps started the hill and it's we we sit in a state park so it dates back to when the rib mountain state park came to realization back in the 1920s and then they donated and and said that they were going to put ski hill here um and it's been kind of operated both by the state, by the Chamber of Commerce, and then it was eventually leased out to business operators. And um, that's how Charles Skinner came to uh, lease. So he has a 30-year lease on this property, and he bought it in 2000. So speaking of Charles Skinner, who's obviously the, the owner, and he's a he's a co-owner, co-owner of Minnesota's Lutzen Mountain, right? Yeah, so he, he outright owns Granite Peak. And then he is a 50% owner of that booster. So how, how has he, you know, advanced? I, I, when did, I don't know when, you, I'm not sure if you said when he came in, you know, 
came to kind of take over. But like in that time, how has he advanced Granite? Immensely. Oh, so there you go. 2000. That could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sucks. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good for my career. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Greg, uh, uh, we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> Shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> so no, he bought it in 2000. And at that time, it was actually still called Rib Mountain Ski Area. And Charles Granite Peak sounds way freaking cooler. Well, you know, and, and I'm actually, so we're coming out with a new website in a few weeks. And one of the things that Charles and I spoke about was the history of Granite Peak and Rib Mountain is, it's very, it's great, but it hasn't been really um, done well in a dialogue or have had a very good timeline. So I've been actually researching this and I didn't even know when Granite Peak was renamed, but Charles renamed it and uh, he was smart. I mean, to kind of garner up some interest in his ski resort that he just purchased. He changed the name, you know, right. locals probably, you know, there's some, definitely some pushback as there always is going to be when you make a significant change, right. but it really signified a new era for this ski resort. And since, since Charles bought it, he put in the three high speed detachable lifts that I mentioned. He doubled, tripled the size of the ski resort. It was, I think at the time it was 20 runs. We currently have 55 and he expanded the terrain to the West and to the East and also added a bunch more lighting, better lighting. So making capital investment this year, putting over 120 guns up on the Hill. Um, yeah, it's 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 quite the project that we have going on. We're replacing a bunch of eight eight inch pipe with twelve inch and fifteen inch pipe to move the water to where it needs to go because now the guns can make a lot more snow than the ones that were there previously. Yeah, moving people. Yeah, moving water. It's one of the five themes I mean, of geography. I like it. Before I got here, he invested thirty five million in in the resort. So, so which goes back, like that an, goes back to your original point of like the 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 culture being in in you know, ingrained in the outdoors and doing that type of activity. Yeah, no, there's um, tons of, of stuff around here. We have a nine mile forest, which is a great mountain bike cross country area in the wintertime. It's right down the road from us. So yeah, it's, it's a really great area to raise, raise a family and the kids have plenty of options of things to do around here. Nice. So, so obviously Charles Skinner has done a lot for Granite Peak. What, what would set, what would you say sets Granite Peak apart from some other Midwestern ski resorts like the other one he owns, Lutzen, or even like Mount Bohemia, which uh, is kind of infamous sure. up there in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan? Yeah, I mean, between you know the so between Mount Bohemia, so Mount Bohemia relies a lot on their own unnatural snowfall, a uh, little bit more of a rugged uh, ski resort. I have yet to get up there before but i actually just met a couple of their their owners and operators over the last week the msaa show they do a great job they're actually really boho is really seen as a as a awesome resort for people (laughs) yeah they do a great job and you know there's a lot of really cool ski resorts like trollhagen was one of the ski resorts that i knew about before i ever got to the midwest because of some of the the stuff that they do on social media is fantastic. Right. You know, in Sam, I did a little feature at uh, about Buck Hill. I think Buck Hill has great branding. I think that they do fantastic events and they, sure. uh, they really do stellar photography. So do you um, think that has something, I mean, it, it has something to do with the, 
I mean, obviously there's a lot of ski resorts that do an awesome job branding, but like you're, you're mentioning some of these smaller resorts in, or well areas in, in the Midwest. Do you think that's, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting really, really creative in order, you know, because of that, because they're smaller, because they have a cooler, like a different, not I don't want to say cooler, but like a different culture that they can really play off of? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say so. I mean, I think each, each individual resort needs to, to look at what they're doing. Like Buck Hill is a year round operation. So they're doing a lot of. Yeah, they are. Car shows, which is really cool. I mean, they're not really car shows. It's more like just drive up your nice car and show it off. You know, I don't think uh, this is like a, a meet and greet really for, for car owners, which is great. It's a great way to use your parking lot. That's not being used very much in the, in the summertime. Uh, but, you know, from your original question, you know, what defines Grand Peak and appreciates us from the rest of some of our other ski resorts here in the Midwest. I mean, we're the largest one in Wisconsin. So that's the one. I think for us too, it's just that we're trying, you know, since I got out here, we're trying to, make ourselves a little bit talk about a legend legendary status you know we've we've been around for a a long time since the 1930s but you don't want to talk about how old you are right or historic (laughs) you know it's kind of like legendary is way cooler yeah way better to talk about there's a little history too with with kind of like folklore and rib mountain is supposedly the the resting ground of paul bunyan you know so it's in some interesting have you found his fairy tales well oxen the what's the blue is that the name of the ox apparently there's another hill that's where blue is buried yeah all sorts of weird stuff maybe when you're you're installing that larger pipe you'll find yeah you'll find some artifacts (laughs) paul himself you know so also knowing our season's longer we try to get open as early as possible and we go we're kind of we kind of play like you know on the east coast we kind of play that killington try to get open as early as possible and stay open as late as possible. so our season will go from mid-november to uh mid to late april wow nice yeah so what's the app race scene like it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good. <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking cheese curds? Are we talking cheese curds and spotted cow or what? Yes. So when I moved out here to to Wisconsin, yeah, mm-hmm. I grew up on. My father was a bourbon drinker, so oh. an old fashioned, mm-hmm. you know, was bourbon, your uh, bitters, and um, and vermouth. That's it, right? Well, and then your fruit, and it wasn't muddled. But here in the Midwest, and especially in Wisconsin, they muddle that fruit, and then they put a wash in it. So the first time I went to a, a wash, which is basically Sprite, 7-Up, seltzer water. What so the, when I came I out here. What the actual. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Why? 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 Why are we washing things? Keep it dirty. But you got $2 old fashions. There was $2 old fashions right. on the menu. That's because they're watering it down with Sprite. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> very dis- But that's, this, that's the Wisconsin way that's of the drinking them. All right. Huh. I mean, I'll, I'll try anything once. All right. And I will say, and you guys know my love, well, Callie does, of the Dover Bar and Grill back in, in Westover. It's, 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 we it's, are, it's we a are love all big we fans. All share. Yes. 
it's it's the best dive bar. It's gotten a lot classier over the over the years that I've been gone. I am apparently. not a fan of that. Very at all. Bo- very bougie now. Very bougie. They they also serve fried cheese curds. Yes, well that I mean I, I'm just saying they're stepping it up a little bit. No, it's they are. They're doing they're doing a good job, and they're, they're still trying to keep it keep it local. Though. Yeah, right. yeah. But I will say that there are about a dozen of those kind of bars within five miles of my ski resort. Heck really? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. Granite Peak. I'm, on, I'm talking on top of the hill. You go down the road. You walk in there. It's cash only. What's this the, place called? On Places. top of the hill. On top of the hill. Oh, I thought you were actually oh, literally talking about on top of the hill. There was that was oh, no, 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 that's the name of the place. It's actually in the basement. Oh, <laughs> so stop I don't know it. Why it's, no, it's like the Green Door Pub. <laughs> yeah. So Can't make this so shit up. you go in there. And everything is $2, oh with God. the exception of Patron shots, which were 3 And I didn't oh. get that. But so, <laughs> so wow. we have that. We have some great breweries around here. We have Red Eye Brewing. We have Mosiny Brewing, which is about 10 miles down the road. We have a distillery in town called Timekeeper Distillery, which makes bourbon, uh, vodka. And they also started making canned cocktails, which are now a really big thing out here. And they're delicious. And they okay. also make frozen fruit pops that are uh, cocktails. So, wow. Yeah. So, are any of these Wisconsin's like legendary? Are, are any of these like like legendary? Like you know, like 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 the Wobbly Barn or, or like a, a Cloud Nine? Like what's the what's the Wobbly Barn Cloud Nine of Granite Peak? Mm. Is there one? I think he just gave I'm, you five I'm, D bags. He did give me legendary. five D bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you saw know, them as I was pulling really... in. <laughs> There's some really cool restaurants, and I'm still getting a, getting around to all of them around here. You know, from a family side of things, like there's the Wausau Mine Company, which is a really cool – it's a cool building. It's, like, got some really interesting roof angles, and you can sit up in, like, a very cool corner. And very great for families. Like, kids love the, love the, the facility. Nice. Then there's other restaurants like Time, Time, uh, Time and – Cellar. I have a Nerf battle going on behind me with the oh, two nice. boys right now. So, um, <laughs> Good luck. Tine and Cellar has like 75 different beers on tap, and they're very My kind, of place. kind of beers. Yeah, really good, really good food. The best cheese curds around. Um, what do you have to look for and, in a good cheese curd? Like if you've never had a cheese curd, how do you know you're getting ripped off, or how do you know you've right. struck gold? Well, I don't think you can ever get ripped off because cheese curds are just good. That's yeah. true. It's yeah. pasta, you know, so fried cheese is It's delicious. fried cheese. I mean, it's <laughs> they need to squeak, right? Yes. Squeak in, but the that's really more about the, the cheese curd that's not fried. Oh. You know, so you can eat cheese curds just regular like you eat like a, a baby bell mozzarella piece or regular cheese. So, mm, so yeah, cheese curd, cheese curd. The, yeah, if they're squeaky when you're eating them without them being fried, they're delicious. So from a fried standpoint, I think it's all about the breading and just the amount of bread that's on there. Tine and Cellar does a really good job of pairing it with like some really good jelly and different things that go on top Ooh, of it. So, jelly. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But uh, I like the cheese curds that we have here. They're delicious. Well, I was you know, going to ask really you about good. that. What about out the mountain? Like what's the bar at the mountain that, that yeah. people chill at? So we have two – Two chalets here. I know, Greg, Greg. Can you tell our audience why they're called, or when you when you mean by chalets? Like, you know, that's I, I alluded to earlier. That's a Midwest thing. So, just enlighten them. I, I have no idea why. Oh, 
All right, for those of you who don't know at home, those are lodges. It's a lodge, <laughs> but, yeah. But they call them chalets out in the Midwest. They're very classy. I like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, so we have, we have two buildings here, two chalets or two lodges. One of them is Sundance, which is our big one. It's, it's, you know, it's where we host weddings. It's a big kind of a hall, and it has your typical cafeteria. And you get your, you know, your grill items and your cheese curds and your French fries and stuff. And then we have the historic lodge or historic chalet, which is the original building that was built here in 1939 for the original ski hill. It's a historic kind of, it's called the historic lodge or historic chalet. It's historic because? It was built in 1939. Gotcha. So that's the, the, that's a stone building, right? Is that the one I saw in a picture? Yes. Yeah, it's a stone building, and it was expanded upon in 1964 with a, basically a, a sunroom or an atrium-style thing. So it's 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 a beautiful lodge. It's got a lot of history to it. It hasn't changed much in terms of the way it looks over the course of the last you know 80 years or so. It has a beautiful expanding this year. I'm really excited about that. That has like glass that goes all the way around it to help cut down the wind. Uh, that we have here and so that chalet is more of our sit down restaurant style chalet so to two mount snow folks it's kind of like like cousins to kind of give you some ideas it's got a really nice bar to it people sit down and there we'll have you know you'll have fish fries on friday nights you'll have salmon burgers and typical a little bit more plated meals cool very cool so yeah i lost my train of thought Hmm. Threw me for a loop with fish fry, fish fry Fridays. <laughs> I lost. I lost. My the alliteration just also, got you. Oh, I know what I want to ask. I'm that's sorry. That's also a Wisconsin thing. Okay. So, All right. Um, so you kind of have to do that. So, so what, like, from a Midwest point of view, give 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 us an opera ski tip, like a, a something quintessentially Midwest opera ski tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, an authentic, you know, Midwest thing is, you know, to get. A spotted cow. Yeah, I was explaining that to Hallie, and then you came back. So tell tell Hallie what spotted cow is. Spotted cow is New Glarus beer. It's a lager. It's oh, it's really, really light. It's delicious. It's and, it's pretty uh, legendary. It's like I, more. It's like more in Wisconsin than Miller. I was picturing something that you'd eat on Fear Factor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's no, no there's no, no spotted cow Sundays, <laughs> or maybe no, there are. I don't know. You know, it's it's kind of like it's really good, and it's you can't you can't go to a Wisconsin bar and not find it. You know, it's it's kind of like that staple. And you're right, Rich. It's 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 a little bit more, I would say, common than your Miller Lights, which is brewed in Milwaukee in these parts. So it's very good. I really like it, and it's it's a good go-to. You know, it's a good way to start. Okay, so we got Spotted Cow, and then what? Toppling Goliath, fantastic. Three Sheeps, another really good one. Mosini, Red Eye. Three Sheeps to the Wind. At the end of Hot Brave. Yeah. Mosini is another one that's here in the middle part of the state that um, you can't really find anywhere else. And they're right down the road from us. Nice. So uh, outside of the, you know, start with a spotted cow. Any, anything else our listeners should know if they're skiing at Granite Peak in terms of Opry Ski? In terms of Opry Ski, I mean, try to just like it. You know, most places, you know, if you want to listen to the band, get there early at like two o'clock oh, and right. park it. You know, it's it's for us. We have um, music out on the decks. Most nice. of the towards the late 
winter we we're gonna have a heated stage so we're gonna have performers play outside so that's gonna be kind of neat this year and we're looking forward to having some fun with with that kind of a heated stage so very cool that's pretty awesome i've, I've never heard of that before me neither is it like a heated sidewalks and you get it like in vail village or uh, something yeah. like that yeah our deck actually does have heated heated sidewalk so. have you had a lot of performers get cold feet they just didn't show up <laughs> got got him <laughs> Terrible dad and joke. with that, <laughs> if that, I think it's time, Hallie. I think it's time. <laughs> I think it is time. Oh, Let's see my. if I can find the button. Oh my! Oh, oh I got it. Oh, she got, I got it. it. First, first, first shot. All right. Woo! Is this is this the speed round? Yes, this it is. is. This is called Hot Tub Talk. We do have a seasoned listener. Look yeah, at this. He knows. Oh, yeah. he, he knows. Not just a poster of us. He actually listens to the show. I do listen. I do. All right. So this is Hot Tub Talk. A speed round where you just answer the question, whatever first comes to your mind. Are you ready? <laughs> I hope so. All right. Rich, um, kick it off. If you could choose one drink to enjoy for the rest of your life, what would it be? One drink to enjoy for the rest of my life probably be uh, Gatorade. That is such a weird answer. I love it. We've never gotten it before. <laughs> wow. That is a good call. Any particular color? Yeah, not flavor, uh, color. Like, <laughs> I got to go to the, 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 the traditional, I guess it's like the lime green one. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. You know, the original Gatorade. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Sure. Wow. All right. That's a, that's unique, Greg. Good, good for you. You're, that's the first we've gotten on the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What is your favorite apres ski appetizer? Nachos, wings, or something else completely? Oh, is it from a specific place or? I mean. If you want. You, you tell us, what's your go-to? Uh, uh, I would say I would say I'm a I'm a wings guy. You know, if I have between between wings or anything else, I'm gonna go. He's going wings. He's going wings, folks. All going right. wings. All right, Greg. Here's a, here's a big one here. Number. Well, we'll see how big it is. Number of shotskis taken in your life. Number of shotskis done in my life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think this number is going to be big. Oh man, it's got to be upwards of. I haven't done one in a long time, but it's, I mean, geez, it's got to be over 100. Easy. All right. All right. Does does, does the bar number. at Granite Peak not have a shot ski? You mean the chalet? Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, the chalet. The chalet. The chalet. Oh, I have a couple personal ones. I mean, it's not. It's like... <laughs> Come on. You and Mary got to be taking shot skis like at least once a Friday after CrossFit. Right after the fish fry. No, she, she's a wine drinker. I, right. I, I stick to the bourbon, so. There's not not mis- many, many shots in the Fisher family anymore, All right. unfortunately. All right. Well, that's a good number, though. Yeah, that's a good you. number. Above 100 is, any, is, is spectacular. All right. Quick. Answer this. If you don't do anything beforehand, is it still called apres ski? I'm sorry. You cut out for one quick sec. What was that for the question? <laughs> it's a brain <laughs> teaser. Ready? <laughs> if you don't do anything beforehand, is it still called apres ski? Oh, yeah. It's always after Wow. All right. Apre all day. Dedicated. All right. Good for him. <laughs> all day. All right. Overrated, underrated, ski-themed movies. Underrated. Totally underrated. Nice. Do you have a favorite? Themed like a, well, like not a, not a TGR, but right. I would have to go with Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Yes. All right. Very cool. <laughs> That's, That's definitely that one, one of mine. Oh, look, <laughs> a snowflake. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people debate whether that's actually a ski movie. I, it's very much a ski. Movie. I think so too. It's like it's like whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie, <laughs> <laughs> which I think it is. I I don't. I actually don't think it is. Oh, so 
All right. We've got ourselves a debate. Yep. All right. Well, Greg, thank you so much. You passed Hot Tub Talk with Flying Colors. Congratulations. Well Woo-hoo. done, Greg. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Hey, Rich. <laughs> hey, Rich, what would you rather do? Um, burpees or Toto Bar all day? <laughs> burpees. I, I suck at Toto Bar. I don't know what any of that is. I'll do spotted cows. <laughs> I'll do there we go. <laughs> is that a crossbow? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh man. Well, All this right. was super fun, Greg. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, Greg. Thanks Thank for jumping you. on with us. Really appreciate it. I'm sure I'll, I'll, we will cross paths here shortly. Absolutely, we'll have to jump on and uh, maybe do another reboot with some yeah. cheese curds and some. I might have to go out there and sample the cheese curds at that place. Oh, I'm coming with you. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love cheese curds. We welcome both of you. It would be awesome. And, yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Awesome, Greg. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. Great chat with Greg Fisher. Wishing him all the best up at Granite Peak in Wisconsin. If you guys have ever been to Granite Peak, please let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at Beyond the Apre or on the Tiki Takis. That's right. We're on TikTok now. You can follow us at Beyond the Opera, and you can follow me and all my shenanigans at All About Opera. And you can follow me at Hallie O'Brien or at The Snow Report. Also, find us on YouTube. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, then you know it exists. We're going to be putting little snippets up from some of our shows. Sometimes we'll even upload full shows. Sometimes it'll be bonus videos. You never know what yeah. you're going to get. So go over there and subscribe to us. And Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.